Boom. There we go. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Average Fitness Podcast. This is the Good Morning America version. This is the earliest we've ever done the podcast in the day. Kevin's got other things to do at our normal time. I was fine to keep it to where it was. But being a father and a coach, I am uh, well-versed in getting up early and arming myself with an extremely large cup of coffee. That's who I am and what I'm here for. Kevin, how the hell are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'm already one cup of coffee and two classes deep in the day. Oh. Um, just a little so, bit. Just, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah. So the, the old, you know, we talked about in the last podcast, the old, uh, the early morning, that morning shift wake up the best. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how long you've slept. 430 still comes really early. Yeah. Um, so we're dreams. already... Oh, that's exactly right. Caffeine and dreams is what we're running on today. Mm-hmm. Um, busy day. So luckily, I've got a friend and cohort who's relatively flexible and understands the deal. So hey, I texted him yesterday. I said, hey, man, can we do this a little, a little bit earlier? I have, a, I have a one hour gap right here. Can we do this then? What do you, what do you think about 730? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So I know we normally do midday. How does 730 sound? Awesome. All right. <clears throat> So being mindful of time, right? Um, So one of the things that we've had on the docket, we keep, of course, we've talked about it, a big running list of things that we eventually want to get to, we eventually want to speak about, was just the word culture, and then in parentheses, or lack thereof. Um, (laughs) And thinking about it now, maybe, yeah. And thinking about it now, maybe it's not the fact that um, some gyms have culture and some gyms have don't don't have culture. It's mm-hmm. more the differences in culture yes. between affiliates. Mm-hmm. Um, because the affiliate model is a very unique model for like uh, a service industry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so to be and and this actually confuses a lot of people. A lot of people, especially when they first find out about CrossFit. <clears throat> They don't understand that CrossFit, big parent umbrella UFO CrossFit, doesn't control your average affiliate, right? Mm -hmm. Because McDonald's, big parent umbrella McDonald's, does control the local McDonald's that you go to, as an example. Same thing with Starbucks, same thing with Dunkin' Donuts, you know, insert chain. Insert company, yeah. Yeah. So the difference... Um, it's a, it's a big difference in practice and a small difference in wording. So those are franchises, right? Yeah. And a franchise mm-hmm. you, um, you have the licensing and all of the stuff that is provided by that company. And then you, you might be the manager, but you run it based on their rules. Right. Um, yep. but you don't, you also really don't own anything. Right. So there's none of that that is yours. You're just, you know, the GM of that Starbucks or whatever. With an affiliate model, very different. Gyms that are CrossFit affiliates pay to use the name CrossFit, right? Um, as a part of that, that's if you've ever heard us talk about an affiliate fee, that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff that gets folded into that and we can we should do a podcast at some point about the value that affiliates get 
for mm-hmm. the $3,000 they pay every year to use the name CrossFit. Yep. Um, but that's beyond that. The model was specifically set up so that you could run your business the way you wanted to run your business. Right. And like, um, if Kevin and I opened separate affiliates, um, Greg Glassman was a rabid libertarian and <laughs> believed very much in a, in a capitalist model, like the market will out essentially. If I have a whole bunch of gyms and these gyms are affiliates rather than franchises, then the good amongst them will survive because mm-hmm. they'll be delivering the best service and therefore they'll generate revenue appropriate to that service and they'll survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was his intention. That's why we have the thing the way it is, uh, for better or for worse. Um, but that means you can't count on shit being yep. the same at all <laughs> nope. between gyms. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, I mean, it's like the wild west. Every time you walk into a CrossFit affiliate, it is. And, and we've talked about this a few times when we mentioned programming and stuff like that. And, you know, that's one aspect of it is that when you go to a CrossFit gym, they are doing CrossFit in some way, shape or form. And we can argue back and forth that like yeah. certain versions of it aren't exactly CrossFit based on the methodology and whatnot. But for the sake of the argument, yeah. every single CrossFit affiliate is doing CrossFit in some way, shape or form. Yes. But it's going to look different from gym to gym to gym, because, you know, we've talked about uh, with Pat Barber, the essential game of telephone that happened as Greg Glassman created the methodology and then it spider webbed outwards as people learned about it and then implemented their own bias and twist Mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts to look different from place to place. So that's one major difference is each gym has the ability to do their own programming, do what they'd like to do. Now that can look different from gym to gym where there are companies that offer affiliate programming. Mm-hmm. There's tons of them out there. Yeah. Um, but basically you as the gym owner pay a subscription fee and then they give you the workouts and lesson plans to do your gym. They're like, here's that done. You just do this. Yeah. Um, and again, that leads to a broad spectrum of when you walk into a CrossFit gym, what you're going to get. Because mm-hmm. it could be, you know, you have, you know, for, we keep making fun of mayhem, but it's the one that pops up is like, uh, not making fun of, but like, you've got Rich Froning and his team that put yeah. together their affiliate model or, yeah. or programming and give it to you Yeah, all the way kind of like from there, like that level of expertise and mm-hmm. experience in programming all the way down to someone who just passed their level one last weekend, open an affiliate and is like, I'm going to write the programming. Yes. Absolutely. And, and everywhere in between. And that mm-hmm. runs the whole gambit of what's happening at CrossFit gyms. Now, yep. again, as Sam said, the, the cream will rise to the top, that people that implement things the best and provide the best service, their business will survive the longest. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many 10 year affiliates do we have at this point? How many 20 year affiliates exist? Uh, do we have any yet? 20 years? I don't, I don't know if we have any 20 year affiliates. I think we're right at the 20 year anniversary roughly for CrossFit. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, the first, the first journal articles were published, what, 2002. So, I so. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're, we're a little past that. I think the first affiliates were 2005. 
405, something like that. So Um, we're 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 coming right up on it. Coming right up. Um, So, I mean, there are affiliates that have been around for 15 plus years um, because they do the thing really well and they serve their people in their community really well. And again, what that means doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that an affiliate that has lasted 15 years, that they're all doing the same thing. It just means that whatever they're doing serves their community and their people in the way that suits that community and those people. Um, And go ahead. What I have an argument for this. So like, so go ahead. I don't think that's accurate. Okay. I think whatever they're doing suits the whims of the owner, not necessarily the community. Well, but if, if it's working for that community, like if, if, if that business is still in operation 15 years, even if it was from the whim of the owner where they're like, hey, uh-huh. I'm Mr. Owner Guy. We're going to do burpee backflips and rollerblading intervals. Yeah. yeah. And then the people that are – and you still have 250 members at your gym being like, we fucking love burpee backflips and rollerblade intervals. Sure. Then like, right, right, right. You know, <clears throat> it – that. All right, then, so then on, the on a long like, enough, on a, we're going to keep rolling. Right, so on a long enough time scale, the whims of the owner, if accepted by the community, okay. are quote unquote the things that work for the community. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. that, that that's where I was going with that. Okay. I, I mean, we know as coaches what works for people and what's going to give them the best like fitness for their thing. But again, if, yeah. if an affiliate owner is like, I'm going to open an affiliate, hula hoops every day. Yeah. yeah. And you get 250 people to go. Fuck yeah, hula hoops. Right. Right. Then, then that business is going to keep going, and they're going to be a fifteen-year affiliate because they're doing <laughs> hula hoops. And yeah, it's it is what it is. You know, I I can I've had this conversation with a few people about because uh, talking with a few members about like mm. difference in programming and how does this gym run? How does that gym do their thing? I'm like, look, each gym runs differently, and it's whatever mm. works for that owner and that community, and that like it's all going to look a little bit different. But I can't say, I can disagree with it and say, I don't agree with how that operates or what they're doing in their affiliate. That's not how I would run my affiliate per se. However, if their business is, is going and they're making the money and they got 200 people that they're making happy and healthier than when they walked in those doors, mm-hmm. then for me, I don't feel right calling that wrong. I'm not going to be like, they're running their affiliate wrong because clearly if they've been doing this for years, the business is still going, they're yep. making people happier and healthier than when they walked in on day one. Yep. Then that's full. Then that's what that community is doing and rock on. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can disagree with that. Oh, well, let's put it this way. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for literally every other human. Um, of course you could disagree with that if you wanted to. I, I like the notion of, you know, if it, if you pick a thing and you do a thing and people are willing to come and transact for that thing and part of that thing is not bodily harm, right, then that sounds like a pretty good deal. Like, yeah, you know, like to a certain extent, Greg is, was really, really smart about this. Like <clears throat> if you want to be successful and you want to stick around, um, you have to provide something that people are willing to transact for, Right. And that's either because it has to be attractive enough in and of itself, 
or you have to be good enough in conveying the value of that thing. And in either case, kudos to you, bro. You know, you've either found a thing or you're a really good salesman. Yeah. And so, so that's affiliates in a nutshell. And affiliates podcast. in a nutshell. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and rant. And rant. <laughs> well, so culture is like a subset of all of that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So programming is a great example, right? Mm -hmm. Some gyms, um, and it's not maybe the whole gym, but like there are, there can be clicks within a gym. Yep. And especially depending on who the owner is and who the coaches are, um, a lot of times clicks can form like around the coaches and what the coaches do uh, or yep. around groups of members who here's an, this is one example groups of members who do competitive programming right yep. because mm -hmm. they want to do well in the open they want to make it to quarterfinals or rip regionals um so that kind of thing is one example of culture a gym that either through omission or commission supports that group of people doing that thing. And because of that omission or commission, you've got a bunch of people in the community who are not part of that group that are doing that programming and trying to reach that level who can put that group on a pedestal, right? That's one example yeah. of culture. There are, to swing the art the other way, um, I've seen examples of culture where um, we don't do any open gym. You do the class programming or nothing. You are mm -hmm. not allowed to do competitor programming. Um, and you have to, you have to take class. Like if you're a coach or something, it's mandated in your contract. You have to take a class. And, um, that was a very different culture, you know? Yep. Yep. And, and what's wild about this is we have enough affiliates now where like if you could think it up, almost certainly there's an affiliate that exhibits that that kind of thing. Um I I have been in affiliates. At some point we should tell culture horror stories. Um <laughs> spoiler alert, I have been in affi in affiliates where the person who was running the class, I will not call this person a coach. The person who was running the class. They took their own class? No. There's that too. Okay. okay. All right. So I thought that's where you're going with it. No. No. This person um, was the least interested human I've ever seen. Like, mm. like treated the class like an annoying puppy. And there was... <laughs> No teaching there. It was like, <clears throat> it was just one rung above like, uh, in the state of Maine, we had like summer rec programs where basically, uh, adults would drop their kids off for the summer. And so like you'd have <clears throat> rec counselors and imagine a room full of 30 kids and the adults being required to deal with that where they're like, okay, none of what these kids are doing is anything I'm interested in. And so I'll deal with the issues as they come up, but that's the bare minimum that I'm going to do. 
And yeah. that was, that's what it was like being in that class. Wow. Yeah. I say, I, again, we're like, we're just going to be, we could talk horror stories the whole time. I've been in an affiliate where um, the coach leading class again, quote unquote coach, coach was like, Hey, Hey guys, go do this. And then yeah. as soon as people were like, I captain got it and started moving on coach does this just yep. phone whipped out, just hanging out on their phone, looking at Lord knows what social media I'm sure. And it's just like, as soon as five minutes are up and someone goes, what's next? They look up and go, Oh yeah, go do some of this right back to their phone. And I'm like, Oh, alrighty. Yep. So did like things run the gambit, the whole, the whole deal. And you know, well, and this is, and this is, this is a byproduct of yeah. setting things up in the affiliate model like that. <clears throat> um, but the, so there are costs and there are benefits. The benefits are, God bless Greg Glassman, um, rabid libertarian. You create an opportunity for somebody to create something that is an extension of CrossFit or an offshoot from CrossFit. <clears throat> and this is in no way throwing them under the bus, but Mayhem's a great example of that. Like, Mayhem was originally CrossFit Project Mayhem, which was their first affiliate that uh, that Froning had, and then it like later they moved to a new location, became CrossFit Mayhem. Um, how many brands are an offshoot of that one business venture that was CrossFit Mayhem? Oh man, they've got. I mean, if we want to go down, you got Train with Rich. You've got uh, yep. Good Dudes Coffee. You've got uh, Buffalo Brew Coffee. You've got um, Froning, Froning Farms. Farms. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Um, so, like, all of that, like, F F Rich would not have been in a position to do any of that, one, without CrossFit and competitive CrossFit, right. yep. but also, two, without the experience of owning and operating Mayhem, right? <clears throat> and... <clears throat> And I'm making an assumption here. I don't know anything about his ownership structure. So maybe he was never involved. And maybe maybe he just like had a dude who was like really good at running the place. You know, it's irrelevant because all of those brands, all of those businesses, all of that revenue and the people who are employed at the gyms, at those businesses for the marketing, for the social media, like all of that came out of one affiliate, right? Yep. <clears throat> Hundreds of millions of dollars are being generated yep. from the business acumen learned from that one affiliate. And that's an amazing thing. And say what you want, you know, your opinions about mayhem programming aside, you don't get to argue with the objective success of the mayhem programming model and the businesses that have come out of that. Yeah. Oh, that they're like, they're the best at what they do. Yeah. They're, I mean, the, and the, even if the they're proofs, not the, the proofs in the pudding, <sighs> see, I, and this is where like, I'm not, I don't, I don't do competitive CrossFit. Right. Right. Um, right. I was too, I was too old when I got into it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, <clears throat> I wonder sometimes, and this is totally off topic, but I wonder sometimes if the success, I wonder how much of the success is marketing and the hard work of the individual 
versus the programming. And, and, and this is where like high level competitive CrossFitters, like semifinals cats, like if you hear this and you want to come at me and please correct me, then please do so. I would love to be educated in this particular uh, realm. Mm-hmm. I mean, through our conversations, I mean, we just as like my view on that, we all know that programming isn't magic. There is nothing otherworldly in any sort of workout program or programming. There's, there's no secret sauce. The secret sauce is how much effort you're willing to put into it. If, if I give Sam the most well-tailored, well-put-together, thoughtful, cutting-edge program ever, and Sam half-asses it because he can't be bothered to put in some effort, then he's not going to get any results at all. But if I give Sam the most basic, kind of lazily thrown-together program, but Sam's like, I'm going to fucking get some, and he goes after it, he's going to get 110% of the results because of the effort and intention he puts in. So there's nothing magic about the programming. Programming is programming. Fitness is fitness. The reason you know that is because you see – people from all different programming and training camps go to the games each year. It's like if, if, if all 40 men and all 40 women and all 40 teams from the CrossFit games were all mayhem athlete, then you could be like, okay, rich has the secret sauce and that, that programming's different, but you don't see that you see it's a broad spectrum of people. You've got, you know, people from different camps. And then you always have like a handful. They're like, I have my one specific coach. This is Bob. I met him at a gas station. He does my programming and we're going to the games. And you know, you have those people that like, they just have like kind of their one athlete. It's a coach from their affiliate or from their local, Mm -hmm. whatever that is programming for them and coaching them. So there's nothing secret. That's Justin Medeiros. Yeah. Like him and his coach It's like, is that one dude and his one affiliate? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. And so yeah. it's, you know, it's, you, you see it, you see it happen. So it's like, there's nothing magic in the programming and that, and that yeah. extrapolates down to kind of bring it back to the somewhat back to the topic of affiliates. There is yeah. no magic program or programming. There's nothing special. Fitness is fitness, mm-hmm. but it's about, you know, the, the culture that you create can like either augment or take away from the effectiveness of that programming by the way you kind of teach intensity to your members, yeah. the way you kind of teach or, or structure your workouts in a way that's, you know, not going to lead to people getting beat up or injured or right. something like that. Um, and part of that is the culture you create at the gym. Yeah. You know, like whether you have people that are like, they, they want to work hard and they know what intensity is and they're going to give her a go yeah. um, versus I'm just here that's it. I'm just here. And you know, we all have those days where it's like, I'm just here to move because yeah. it's, it's been a day or it's been a week and I just need to shut yeah. my brain off and do something. Yeah. We all have those days, but there definitely are gyms where that's the culture. We're just going to come in, hang out. Nothing really matters. Doesn't matter what, what weight, what time we're just going to do stuff. And there are some gyms like that. And there's some other gyms who are like very, again, structured. Yeah. This is what we're doing. We're <clears> using this weight. We're going this hard. No, mm-hmm. this hard. I want, you know, again, it's different from gym to gym, the, the culture that you create and the whole deal. Well, and all of, all of these things that we're talking about have been largely, um, it's the phrase I want to use here. I don't know. Like coaching or programming centric. <clears throat> I wanted mm-hmm. to find a single phrase to kind of unify, unify those concepts, but you know, 
uh, how hard do they lift? How hard do they go? How easy do they go? Um, what is expected of the athletes? Culture obviously is a much bigger topic, right? Uh, and I'll I'll give a I'll give an example. It, so when I was in Florida this past January, I was visiting my parents, and uh, my parents have a place in Lady Lake, so Central Florida, and we drove over to Tampa, to I believe it was Tampa, <clears throat> to catch up with a friend, and we went to the aquarium and we walked around, and I walked we're walking around downtown and I walked by a place that sold fitness, right? This was not a CrossFit box. This was another name brand facility, right? And inside of the entryway was a handwritten chalkboard, like we lost him. He froze. Gotta love technology. Um, I'm not sure where Sam was going. I'm sure when he comes back, he will pick up his story like wherever it. he left off. He's oh, oh, hey, hey, we lost you. Yeah, what's last thing you're back here? now? Uh, that there was a handwritten chalkboard. Okay, um, so there's a handwritten chalkboard, and on this chalkboard, what it, it was something to the effect of, um, hey, Sarah congratulations on 200 workouts mm-hmm. you know and you know you're killing it we're so proud of you insert accolades here um and the comment that i made at the time was like so like a lot of gyms have check-in systems um like you know tribe or zen planner or whatever it is to manage class attendance and <clears throat> those systems are great um but the way they're really awesome is how you use that data. So if your gym makes you do check-ins and the only thing that they do with that data is then the coach can see, cool, I got 12 people in class and I got 10 rowers. I got to do something about that. Like that's one level of interaction. But if you have a person who's regularly running a report that says, oh, this is Sarah's 200th workout. You know, text, 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 coach. Hey, we should do something special for Sarah. Will you write up a write up a, a chalkboard saying congratulations or whatever? Like, as a culture piece, like th- that costs. That does nothing but cost the gym money because it's like time on behalf of whoever wrote, uh, ran that report and time on behalf of that coach. And none of those things go to like directly like serving the class. Mm-hmm. And yet that member who walks in, it does nothing but um, connect them more to that business mm-hmm. and to that community. And every yep. other person who sees that, like the other people who are in Sarah's class, they're going to know and they're going to congratulate Sarah. Like then it becomes a thing. Like, yep. you know, oh, when do you hit your 200 or whatever, you know, whatever the number is. Like now you've started something inside of a community where people recognize each other. You've built it like a built-in anniversary system or something like that. And like that's, when I think about culture, that's the kind of thing I think about. Yeah. Um, how you know, like, How was the business set up to create an experience for the people in the community? Yeah. You know, that's, I love that. And as soon as you started going 
with that, like that's, that's what we do here at tilt. We have, uh, you know, basically going every 500. So we have like 500 club thousand club. And then we just had two people that popped into the 1500 clubs. They've taken 1500 classes at a CrossFit tilt, um, which, which is like, if you do, if you do some math real quick, you know, assuming you train five days a week you do some quick math there, it's a lot of years. So, um, but what we do is like when, when we see someone like, you know, their thing ticks over to 500, they get a post in the group Facebook page. Congratulations to such and such hitting 500 classes. Amazing dedication. It's been awesome seeing you go from, you know, here to here and make that progress. Yeah. You know, we all love having you in class, the whole thing. And they get a framed picture up on the wall. So awesome. As soon as, they hit, as soon as they hit 500, they get a picture up on the wall and it kind of like lines around the gym, like a certain lap around yes. up on the wall. Um, I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, so that's the deal of what we do here because that's, you know, something that we believe in that as Sam said, like it's can take some time and some effort and the whole deal, but the return on that, that you get in your community uh, is, priceless awesome and like when people get to their you know their 500th class it's a big deal yeah so and then obviously like continuing on from that um and 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 i don't don't want anybody to to minimize this real quick so like let's take 500 classes right 500 classes five days a week there's a hundred weeks right so if you came five days a week for 1.92 years, yep. that that's what would be required to get you to 500 classes. And so, like, no weeks off, no going on vacation, no summer yep. breaks. <laughs> like, oh, there's a snowstorm? Fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> like, yep. I'm going to get that 500. Yep. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a serious deal. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's a big deal doing that like a little bit of, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a shout out on the whiteboard, whether it's a shout out in class, whether it's, you know, I mean, we do like the, the picture on the wall, mm-hmm. whatever it is, giving that member or those members somewhat of a shout out, you know, it does wonders for yeah. your community. There's little things like that, that you can do, um, you know, while you're coaching within your affiliate to make a massive difference in, in your community and with those members to make them feel really special um, that will just, you know, invigorate them more to keep coming to the gym. And, you know, they hit 500, they get a picture on the wall. They feel like a rock star. We do a uh, member of the month. So each, each month, and I know there's a lot of affiliates to do this, but where, you know, the coaching staff at each gym is like, Hey, who's been showing up to class, like really consistently, who's yep. been putting in the work and like, yep. you know, making these little steps. It doesn't mean you have to like deadlift 500 pounds, no. but it's not um, performance it's not, based. It's not performance based. It's for us. It's like, it's consistency attitude when they show up to the gym, you mm-hmm. know, and continuing to work on like the little things, you know, yeah. like how well do they, if, if I say, Hey, let's bring the weight down a little bit faster. Do they actually listen or do they just keep slapping weight on that thing and, and ignoring what I'm saying, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so we, we pick a member of the month and same thing. They get a shout out. They do like a mm-hmm. little, uh, I send them just like little questions, stuff about you. Like what was your first CrossFit workout? What movement do you despise the most? Yeah. Um, you know, what's, you know, 
if you're, you know, weekend barbecue, cookout, whatever it is, what's your favorite food that you're going to go to type deal. Yeah. Um, something people might not know about you to get a shout out that, you know, the whole thing. So they're a member of the month. So it's uh, little things like that can go a long way um, in your community and, and with oh, your yeah. culture. So, yeah. And all in, you know, and, and this isn't in any way to disparage affiliates that don't do these things. Right. <clears throat> because nope. like, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to, set up systems and make it so that these things are taken care of. Like from a small business perspective, like a lot of times um, the people who start affiliates, they might not come from business backgrounds. You know, they, they just love CrossFit and Mm -hmm. they want to, they want to be able to make that same experience available, available to other people. Um, And so, When those things happen in an affiliate, like you got an affiliate that does a member of the month club, you got an affiliate that does, you know, a regular, regular, especially regular community events, like mm-hmm. one per quarter or something like that. And like Murph doesn't count. Um, yeah. It is, that's, that's just, just my opinion. Yeah. Because like yeah. that seems like a prerequisite. Like you should be doing Murph. Um, yeah. I agree. And things like things like that those intangibles the person who took the time to set up those systems and make sure that they operate and like that's something special because setting up an affiliate labor wise is a pain in the ass logistically is not that difficult you know like if kevin and i wanted to open an affiliate this is how simple it would be We'd put in an application to CrossFit. <clears throat> we would mm-hmm. fill out an essay to justify why we why they should let us become an affiliate and what name we wanted. They mm-hmm. would give us a choice of names. We'd pick a name. We'd identify a location. And then we would both go apply for credit lines, like $30,000 each. Mm-hmm. And we'd call Rogue or Again Faster or Rep Fitness or whatever. And we'd put in the world's biggest order and the world's biggest order for real and spend you know five grand demoing and renovating and building out a bathroom and making sure everything's to code and all that stuff and then bang affiliate right yeah it's a lot of work to get there but it's it's not it's not rocket science right so the, the hardest part would be like unloading the truckload of $60,000 worth of rogue stuff, because if we're right. opening and here's, you know, when it comes to opening an affiliate, that's tough is like back. If you open an affiliate somewhere between, you know, 2005 and 2000, like, you know, 11, 12, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range, mm-hmm. if you open an affiliate, then you could start with a handful of equipment and kind of like get more equipment as it grows. Yeah. But now I feel like, because everyone sees what gyms are like because they get posted on they see commercials about it they see the crossfit games all the fancy equipment when people show up to an affiliate like they want that thing ready to rock so you better have like 60 feet plus worth of rig and 10 of everything 10 rowers 10 bikes yeah Yeah. exactly 10 uh 10 um bikes 10 skiers 10 rowers 10 of each barbell the whole deal and that's that ain't cheap you know, 
you're right. It ain't cheap. It's incredibly expensive. No. Very um, much so. Oh, at some point, I have got to so Bertie, uh, Nathan Bird, the director for CrossFit Gymnastics, he helped design a gym in like Qatar or Doha or something like that. Okay, nice. This is hands down the most impressive fitness facility I have ever seen with my eyeballs. And then they had someone for marketing. Yeah. They had someone do a drone fly through of the entire facility. That's cool. Oh, that's it, awesome. I, I got, I'll, I'll, I'll hit them up and I'll find that video. It's amazing. But it's so like that. all of that is to say, like, if you were going to do something like that, the other bunch of work on the front end, you'd hire like a gym launch and they would come in and they would sell out the gym before you ever open the door. Like that would be the way that you would responsibly do that. Um, the other thing that you could do, and I, I, I disagree with your point on this. I believe in today's day and age, you absolutely could do a nouveau Greg Glassman and you have, <laughs> what was it that, street parking or, or something like that. They started in their backyard and they moved to a building when mm -hmm. the city filed a grievance against them. And like, yep. you can't operate a, a gym out of your backyard anymore. Cause they had like 50 people or something like that. Yeah. And so like, I think you could do that. Like start. You would just need the right people to, you know, well, I, I think, I think the right people is definitely a thing. And like part of that is the right coaches, the right whatever, whatever. But like, yep, yep. that's 100% possible. And what's good about that is you'll never overextend yourself, you know? So right. you, you, you know, if I was to do this in my garage, I got enough gear to fill out personal training clients throughout the day if I wanted to. And then if I wanted to run group stuff, it would be, you know, smaller classes, body weight stuff, things like that. And I could probably at a certain point fund it enough to get a bunch of barbells and a bunch more plates and like, okay, now we got options and stuff like that. And as it would start to grow, at some point, one of my neighbors would file a complaint against me. And it's like, okay, once that happens, yeah, then it's big enough that I got to go someplace else. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine like doing that? And I think it's incredibly foreign for a lot of people. And yeah. it would be so cool to see done. It'd be so awesome. Yeah. It'd be so awesome. But, you know, you, then you'd have your neighbor be like, all right, listen, seven times a day, this dude is just blasting Skrillex and I'm over it. <laughs> I swear to God, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Councilman, if yeah. I hear Big Booty Mix one more time. One more time. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Nobody should be subjected to this. <laughs> it's just on a loop all day and I can't well, take it anymore. So, so you know the way around that? You offer a free workout for everybody in the neighborhood. I don't know if that, well, yeah, that, that would maybe make it better, but yeah, I yeah. like it. All right. Well, we're, we're right at the 40 minute mark. Um, and I want to be mindful of Kevin's time. I got, I got fuck all to do now. Um, so yeah. this is great. Listen, um, I've just, I've just given you more time in your day. You're welcome you. yeah. to be more productive. I got to go, you know, inflict some, inflict some damage in 
seven minutes. Short, short version, like look for the things that aren't on a whiteboard and mm-hmm. aren't on a gear rack someplace. Yep. Like the things that set the affiliate apart. This is just my opinion. And I think Kevin shares this. I um, agree. The, the intangibles. That's what's yep. going to tell you the value of your affiliate. Yep. The, the stuff that separates them isn't something you can grab or hold on to. Absolutely. Wow. What um, a great, wow. What a great fucking line. Good job. Oh, thanks, man. <clears throat> this is, see, this is what having a cup of coffee ahead of the other guy will do for you. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is what, you know, by the time now, since I've been up for four hours now, everything's like we're, we're moving. The gears oh, are turning. All right. That's it. All right. Thanks for playing along at home, everybody. And uh, Kev, go have a great rest of your day. And you as well. Stay virtuous, people. We'll see you.